0: Please be seated. So it is Pentecost Sunday. Maybe you can tell because everything is red. I don't know why I enjoy this particular Sunday so much compared to other Sundays. Maybe it's just the visual stimulation, the difference. We very seldom get to see the red pyramids everywhere. But I think more than that, this is a birthday. This is the day that the church was born. The mission of the church was launched. And so it's fitting that we celebrate the Coming of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would send a comforter, a counselor. As he was about to ascend into heaven to be at the right hand of God the Father, he said it's necessary that I go that the Holy Spirit might come. I want to talk about it uh, from the perspective of Paul. Who writes to us in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans? He says, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Not only that, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, through perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Now in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself Intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. See, that's a timely scripture for this morning, this Pentecost Sunday, as we gather here together in our sanctuary set apart from the fallen and broken world out there beyond those walls. There's a lot going on out there, even under our noses. Down the street, there's a family wondering where next month's rent money is going to come from. And across the way in the woods nearby, a man is rising from a restless night spent in a tent. His only thought for the morning is finding his next meal. And I know because I've driven these streets on occasion just to see what's there. And in a simple rundown house tucked in a neighborhood nearby, there's a makeshift lab that cooks meth in secret for distribution to people who exist day to day for the product that they produce. It's an insidious, demonic concoction which steals the lives of people, the hope of people, the joy of people, all of these struggles going on every day, right under our noses, right out those glass doors. And we seldom even notice the human brokenness that's taking place all around us. And you might be thinking, that's an uplifting message for this morning, Pastor. Pastor. But Paul is reminding us, he says, all around us we observe this pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. It's not only all around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us from within. We also are feeling the pangs of the birth of creation. These these sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. And you might be thinking, full deliverance from what exactly? Well, for starters, from these demonic forces that kill and steal and destroy. Deliverance from the violence. Deliverance from the politics. Deliverance from the labeling. And the side taking and the hatred and the backsliding and the sin and the selfishness and the deceiving and the self-serving agendas and manipulation of scripture to fit our own perversions and lustful desires. We are sorely, gravely, desperately as a people, as human beings in need of deliverance. The Spirit of God is arousing us to a revelation that we are wicked at heart and most assuredly in need of a Savior. And if you haven't been told that, if that doesn't resonate with you, then somebody hasn't been preaching the whole gospel to you. And since I'm the only one standing here in the pulpit, if if you haven't heard that message that you are wicked at heart and in need of a Savior, then that's my fault. But I'm pretty sure I have preached it before. See, at at Pentecost, the Spirit of God descended upon the disciples, not like a dove as he did at Jesus' baptism, but as a flame. At first, a single flame that quickly became two and then three, and then many tongues of fire blazing upon and within those who were in the room, inspiring a bold initiative in Jerusalem, which would spread to all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Peter. Yes, Peter, foot in the mouth, talk before thinking, Peter preached a God-inspired sermon that burned Holy Spirit fire into 3,000 souls that day who accepted Jesus as Lord. That same Holy Spirit fire is the very thing that our world is yearning for today in the wake of such senseless brokenness brought on by the prevailing culture of godlessness. And the demons, what demons? The demon of apathy, the demon of immorality, the demon of hopelessness, the demon of fear, those demons that rob our communities of vitality and morality and hope and love. Paul says we are waiting. Waiting's not our strong suit as humans. It's not even really our strong suit as Christian humans. We hate to wait. (laughs) Oh, how we hate to wait. Is that not true? As if waiting were a bad thing, if Jesus were to return right this minute and it could happen, if Jesus were to come right now in all His majesty and glory, it would be good news for many of us. But for many, many people in the world, including in this community, it would be a bad day. Faced with the truth of the holy justice of a pure holy, righteous God who brings righteous judgment on the wicked and the profane world. Inconvenient, but true nonetheless. For some, it'll be a day of joy and thanksgiving. And for some, it'll be the worst day they have ever lived. And in that context, then maybe, just maybe, waiting is a good thing. For God to make us wait for the second coming of Christ, that's an act of grace and mercy that spares and potentially saves as many as possible because God's desire is that none should perish. Waiting, as much as we don't like to wait, is a good thing. That's why, Paul says, waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the, lo- the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy See, the thing about the arrival of the Holy Spirit upon the scene of our lives is that we don't have to wait alone and in the dark. Waiting is hard. Waiting alone is much harder, and we don't have to wait alone. Paul says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. He being the Holy Spirit. Making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. Because He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Our love for God is worked into something good. An almost surreal opposition to the chaos of the struggles and events of the world. There are miraculous, wonderful events that are going on in the midst of it. Things like this worship service this morning. Things like births and baptisms and weddings and testimonies of salvation and the incredible growth of this amazing movement of Methodism led by the Holy Spirit that we call the Global Methodist Church. Things that bring light into the darkness of the world. And it all, centers, it all centers around the love of God for us, His children. Love, specifically godly love, is a powerful force for change. It's a powerful force for redemption, it's a powerful force for recreation. Divine love brought into the consciousness and experience of humanity by the revelation and power of the Holy Spirit. That kind of love has the power to change the darkness of this world into light. The dimness of our limited understanding into this lampstand of enlightenment. The the hate into compassion. And the division in the world into unity, not just unity for unity's sake, but unity in righteous agreement at to what is the word and the will of God. And so on this Pentecost Sunday, In celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit into the hearts of believers. The commemoration of the birth of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We pray for the continued resurgence. The movement of the Holy Spirit. The rebirth of the church, traditional Christianity, the overwhelming outpouring of Christ's divine love on our community and the rest of the world. See, it's this love that's revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. This love that can deliver us from the evil that seeks to steal our humanity the humanity that God created for us. And so with all of that this morning, our our prayer can be narrowed down to something very specific, a very specific prayer. And it's this. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it with me one time. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.